0: Sport Central with Adrian Abraham on Money FM eighty
1: nine point three. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to one with Adrian Abraham. So much football to talk about. Once again, the favorite time of Mister Elliot Danker, who joins me in the studio from the Breakfast Huddle. How are you doing today? I am good, sir. Oh man, I, I yes, this
0: is my favorite time of the week where we really get to unwind and talk about the thing that we love so
1: much. Yeah, football. And, it, and it's been such a long week, but. You know, there's a lot of football that we have to get through. I think one major talking point from last week was Pep Guardiola after the Champions League win against Air Bay Leipzig. He said he wanted more fans (laughs) in the stadium against Southampton. The fans went back to him and said, Pep, you focus on the football. Okay, you do what you're good at and you focus there. They then went and drew against Southampton. I thought Southampton played brilliantly too. You know, but it was a stalemate. Did it have a direct implication on the game though? You think it got into his head?
0: Oh, I, I love this topic. In fact, I'm going to broaden it a little bit for you and put the focus on sports professionals who let things get into their head. Mm. Pep Guardiola being one of them. And he tends to do that, right? We saw in the Champions League final last year or last season, uh, he overthought things, played a different formation, Mm -hmm. didn't have the right players, and as a result, lost the Champions League final. Same thing happened. Now he's saying that, uh, oh no, the fans misunderstood me. Uh, But he drew nil-nil with Southampton. And I wonder how this will play into his head. And what I mean by that is uh, the fact that people are still criticising him for not signing a number nine. You know why didn't you you put the money out there to go get Harry Kane? And if they do end up getting Harry Kane, who, mind you, is also getting into his own head because he hasn't scored since his return, Mm -mm -mm. are you wasting money in January to get Harry Kane when you could put in a little bit more and get someone like Erling Haaland and you got him for 10 years? So that's a classic example of, you know, getting into your own head. Another guy who got into his own head was Mr. David Moyes, sending on Mark Noble, who, I mean, which player is going to say that they are not up for a penalty? Completely cold legs. Sent him on, made the wrong decision, got criticised and he's still getting criticised uh, ever since last Sunday.
1: I think that mindset was because Moyes looked at De Gea's statistics, let's say. <laughs> De Gea hadn't saved a penalty in the longest time. We saw the Europa League final against Villarreal. There was nothing he could do. Yeah. And I was backing Noble to score that penalty because yeah. Noble is not the worst penalty taker. He actually has a great record. But when De Gea pulled off that save, said, justice is served because United would have been wrong in that game. Yeah. Before we get to our pro united conversation
0: <laughs> as we do on 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 this show, uh, but there are other players and other examples of how, you know, these guys are only human and little comments like that can really get into a person's head. I mean, uh, two people who or two clubs who have deal with this this weekend in particular Arsenal taking on Tottenham Hotspur Arsenal seem to be out of that ditch that they Mm. were in you know they were bottom of the table at one point Spurs looks like they're going down uh, with the draw in the League Cup they won yes on penalties but they squandered a two goal lead Uh, they didn't do so well against Chelsea so Nuno and his team will really have to psychologically you know make sure they're on the right side of things when they take on Arsenal that's on a three game winning streak this weekend
1: they were awful, awful against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. They they just could not. But you would have also thought that maybe with Son Heung-min, Harry Kane, and a couple of new faces in the team, that they could have actually challenged Chelsea. But Lukaku wasn't even in the score sheet. And Angola Conte scored from outside the box, which is oh. ridiculous. It meant two centre-backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scoring.
0: Rudiger, what a classy goal. Yep. Even classier Thiago Silva. Ooh, beautiful glancing header. Beautiful, beautiful. But, you know, this seems to be the theme going into this weekend of playing into your head. Because if you're a team like Manchester United, and now we can get into the pro-man you talk, uh, that have been denied easily two clear penalties, Ronaldo, and then in the League Cup, a clear penalty on Jesse Lingard, denied again. How's that going to play into your head when you're on the pitch against a side like Aston Villa that's coming into their own? You know, are you going to start questioning every decision that's been made are you going to start thinking that okay well before the game's even started oh the referee's against us anyway we're, we're in trouble you know it's these sort of moments that really destroy the game
1: yeah because I mean the referee looks at both teams as well it's not just one team suffering Correct. all the time but United do look like uh, they've been on the wrong end of a lot of decisions in the last few days Ronaldo those mm, two penalties mm, mm, mm. I saw one of the former Premier League referee um, you know really dissect those oh, incidents yeah, yeah. we saw the Aaron Wan-Bissaka incident some mm-hmm. say was a penalty not Mm -hmm. Ronaldo probably had three penalty shouts of the three two at least two two were stonewall penalties you know the fact that they didn't even go to VAR but when Luke Shaw handballed how far do you go in that unnatural arm position when the referee deems that it is a penalty and you know there's nothing else Shaw could have done though so what is the role of VAR then because how long has it been around what two years is this
0: the second season I, I know in the first season or, or maybe it's not maybe yeah, it's the yeah, third yeah, season yeah, yeah. already I remember in the first season Jurgen Klopp questioned this a lot mm. um, and they talked about how you know VR was destroying the game mm. Manchester United were getting a lot of calls in favour of VR and it was brought up and criticised so so what what is this levelling out what is this creating some kind of balance I mean what is the role of VAR? You've got, you know, advantage of a replay, the advantage of technology. Why aren't you making a call and telling the referee, you got to take a look at this, you know? Why isn't there consistency? I don't understand. They seem to get VAR right at the major tournaments, at the World Cup. Mm, Fantastic. Excellent. at the Euros, not too bad as well. So why can't they get it right here?
1: I don't understand. But we're seeing referees even going to the monitor more these days. But they are not consistent. They'll go to the monitor once in a while. You mentioned Liverpool there, yeah. Jurgen Klopp. That season, Liverpool got a lot of penalties. Klopp wasn't too set about that. Yeah. The following season, they didn't get as many. Yes, then, right. he wasn't yeah. happy at all. Yeah. Whereas United benefited because yes. they got a lot of penalties last yes. season. Bruno Fernandes, they call him Fernandes. There you, go. <laughs> there you, go, there you yeah. go. And now, you know it's like we've gone full circle. Now, United are back to not getting any penalties. But is it also because of a player's reputation. I bring this up because Cristiano mm. Ronaldo, we saw him in the Premier League before mm. when he had a tendency to go down easily. And that reputation has... The referees know that he goes down, just like Gareth Bale as well, mm-hmm. and a few other players. Do you think that could have been playing on their minds as well, that he is making a meal out of it? But that's why you have the VAR. Exactly. and And that contradicts, in a sense, because you have... The Premier
0: League this season, the standard of refereeing is interesting mm. because every little nudge isn't a foul anymore. Mm. So you you have the game flowing. Mm. And I like that, this whole notion of, I mean, we play football as kids, uh, teenagers, and you keep hearing someone, hey, play to the referee, play to the whistle. Yeah. Don't just shout for mm. a penalty or a foul. Mm. And that's good. We, we we see a more, the mental mindset. Fluency it, as well. Yeah. Fluency, mm. right? So you want to achieve that, yet at the same time you don't want to keep running to VAR at you know, any little incident. But at the major incidents, it's like you still want the game to flow and you don't want to disrupt it by going to VAR. But it's a major decision. Mm. So what happens at the end of the season is what I'm worried about. You start to normalise the standard again. You start to create something that's more uniform. And then in in next year, we're going to have to adjust all over again.
1: It's hurting the game. VAR is supposed to be assisting the game, not hurting the game. I think Ronaldo's goal he scored against West Ham United, if you look at last season, probably disallowed. There you go. By what? A fingernail? Uh, A fingernail. (laughs) Right? This time around? Yeah. no, 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 You're right, and
0: we've had a lot of calls. So you start to think about what Seth Blatter said all those years ago that, uh, you know, we shouldn't have things like VAR because it hurts the game, uh, because even if a decision is against you, it's that thrill it brings uh, to the game, to the beautiful game that we love, uh, that emotion that it brings to the game, and maybe it's
1: not a good idea. So you start to wonder, yeah, I agree it's not a good idea if it's not used right. Yeah, exactly. When we come back in the second half of the show... Elliot Danger from Breakfast Huddle will be back to preview some of the biggest games of the Premier League weekend. And there will be plenty. Elliot, you've got Manchester City against Chelsea. You've got Tottenham and Arsenal. What else are you looking at? Oh, so many games. Liverpool and Brentford.
0: And I'll explain why you can't write Liverpool off yet. Lovely. Can't wait for that. Adrian Abraham joins you for lunch from noon to 1 p.m. on Money FM 89.3. Sports Central with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3.
1: You're listening to Money FM, 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. So much football to talk about once again. The favourite time of Mr. Elliot Danker, who joins me in the studio from the breakfast huddle, Chelsea-Man City. Yes! <laughs> oh my god! This game is... I remember this because uh, of wow. my fantasy team, because I brought in Romelu Lukaku. I said, there's no way I can leave him out. And I saw his next fixtures. I mean, they, I know they beat Spurs 3-0. Spurs were woeful, but Man City and then the, Chelsea have a great run of fixtures going into that. But I still fancy Chelsea. I, we, we talked about about this at the beginning they are the neutrals' favourites to win the Premier League title this season. Thomas Tuchel, what he's done with this team, how he's transformed oh, them. Oh yes, you know from what he was left under yes. Frank Lampard. But you can also see a couple of players have benefited. The likes of Marcus Alonso, Ben Chilwell being left on the bench. Uh, some of the other ones, Kepa even getting uh, a game. Actually, even Timo
0: Werner, who doesn't score, he was at the heart of creating those goals last weekend yeah. against Spurs. Uh, so my question to you with regard to this game is. Who would you fancy, a strikerless team against one of the best defences in the Premier League or a team with one of the best strikers in the Premier League going up against a pretty decent
1: defence? I still don't feel Manchester City have been, you know, threatened. Spurs on the on the first week, yes, they won 1-0 because of uh, Jungmin son. Yeah. Since then, City have done brilliantly in the Premier League but they haven't well they came up against Arsenal but that was a, almost a practice game Arsenal yeah. were <laughs> a <they're>, yeah, abysmal <laughs> there were no words there are no words to describe Arsenal's performance there Erbe Leipzig yes they won 6-3 but they conceded three goals three. Right? a hat-trick for Christopher Nkunku Chelsea has one of the best defences so do City Chelsea don't ship yeah. goals for fun they go into this two of the best defensive teams in the Premier League but Romelu Lukaku
0: no that, that Chelsea team is like a German team mm. it's like a machine I don't see City having a chance against them mm <laughs> And the questions on this no striker situation is just going to keep growing. And how's that going to, and coming back to the start of the conversation, how's that going to play into Pep's head? Uh, City are away, by the way.
1: Yeah, and Chelsea at Stamford Bridge have a tremendous record. Not only that, we talked about Lukaku, Angola Conte, what he brings. The other players who don't get the praise, the likes of Jorginho, Mateo Kovacic as well. Rudiger. You know, Rudiger. For my favorite players of the season so far who have clearly impressed, you know, Rudiger wasn't getting. Much time under Lampard as well, you yeah. know. So Thomas Tuchel actually wanted him at PSG yeah. before before yeah. he came to Chelsea. Who thought Thiago Silva and Antonio Rudiger leading this Chelsea backline could oh. you know reap so much reward as they do now? But I uh, do fancy Chelsea for that. Yeah. Chelsea for the league, actually. <laughs> oh, they're still the
0: uh, bookmaker's favorite, right? Mm. To, to take the league. Uh, even uh, Alan Shearer, um, <laughs> the England legend, has come out to say Chelsea looks the best. Although, do be careful of of uh, the likes of United and Liverpool. Uh, he actually ruled City
1: out because they don't have that striker, that number nine. You already mentioned Arsenal against Spurs. <laughs> you know, can't wait for that. Should be interesting. Probably a draw. <laughs> it's a safe prediction to say. The top of the table, Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester United mm. all on 13 points. Of mm-hmm. course, Chelsea and Liverpool with a better goal difference than United. Liverpool come up against Brentford. Now that should be quite a tasty tie because Brentford have been you know there and there about they've played some really good football to be newly promoted to the Premier League and Ivan Toney Raya the goalkeeper Jansen in defence but do you think Liverpool have a bit too much with the likes of Mosala Sadio Mane Virgil van Dijk they were missing Trent Alexander Arnold mm-hmm. and Andrew Robertson in the last game but still managed to win 3-0 mm-hmm. although not very convincing but still got the job done Yeah, Brentford uh, did beat uh, Wolves uh, 2-0 didn't
0: they uh, and if I look further back, they lost to Brighton uh, 1-0. But, you know, let's let's ignore that for a bit. Do not write off Liverpool. It looks like they are starting to find some consistency and a nice stride. Mm. And that's the mark of a champion, right? Uh, so I see Liverpool right up there in the top four this season. And uh, a team like Brentford should not be a problem for Liverpool. Although they are playing away and anything can happen.
1: What about United uh, against Aston Villa? It's a it's a nice way to uh, finish our discussion for today. United against Aston Villa, Ronaldo grabbing all the headlines. Okay, the one okay. game he's missed <laughs> so since he's joined United, of course, lost. Yeah, so he scored every game. He scored since every game. Yes,
0: playing for United, right? Could have had a
1: hat trick against West Ham, but you know, <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so how about this? A couple of unpopular opinions, and and everyone knows I'm a United fan. Jesse Lingard seems to be a better fit for United than Jadon Sancho. Ouch. Uh, what's wrong? Why continue play Jadon Sancho? on the left, give him a full-on run on the right instead of doing the halftime switch or, or something like that. Uh, why is Jadon Sancho struggling? Uh, let's be honest, it's struggling. He's not blending in as fast as the likes of Rafa Varane or even Ronaldo, who's been away from England for so long. Mm. Uh, second, uh, not-so-popular opinion is, uh, yes, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fielded a B team against West Ham. Did he need to do that? That League Cup was easily his best chance of silverware this season Probably, so yeah. is the FA Cup mm. maybe he's putting all his eggs on the league you know yes he is joint top um the tactical ability of Solskjaer is again being exposed <laughs> Uh, unpopular opinion again uh, and I'm a United fan and I love Ole for everything he's done for the club I still back Ole but
1: uh, is he becoming a bit of a PE teacher? See this is uh, <laughs> this is an argument uh, I had with our good friend yeah. Glenn Ong he is out of his depth I clearly feel even with all the resources that he, now he's got no excuses he has to win Something, you know, he has a terrible record when it comes to semifinals and finals because he doesn't get that far. Usually Champions yeah. League as well. Not very good. Yeah, but your opinion on um, Jaden Sancho and Jesse Lingard. Yes, Lingard looks the better player for now. We saw now. how he, let's say he bounced back from that horrific back pass in the Champions League yes. to scoring the winner against uh, West credit. Ham. Yes. Yeah, full credit to him. Jaden's taken time but we also saw last season Kai Havertz when he came over from Germany uh, with Bayer Leverkusen took him quite a bit of time and ended up scoring the winner in the Champions League final so it could turn Kai Havertz took time I feel Jaden he's been away for some time but he grew up in the UK he's played for Man City Mm. in the U team but it will take time he was never expected to really go in all guns blazing compared to someone like Lukaku, Ronaldo Mm. who Mm. have just been incredible from the start Henrik Mkhitaryan remember when he joined Manchester United United from Dortmund he also took a little bit of time to settle in he was usually yeah, injured though he but peaked t- but he also dropped pretty quickly yeah. as well and I think Jaden, as Solskjaer said United have him the best part of 10 years 10 to 15 sure. years he will take a little bit more time he hasn't been there as much but it's all about managing these resources now.
0: Well, yeah. So so the, the issue comes back down to the manager, right? Mm. Is he... Oh, and I, I really hate myself for saying all of this because I'm a guy that backs Ole. Uh, I love him. I think he's brought a great culture to the club. But is he right for the club? You know, you can't say you have no squad depth. What are you doing with Donny van de Beek? What are you doing with the poor boy? The poor boy is going to be broken if you don't do something proper with him.
1: And he's a class player, a quality player. If he doesn't fit it, ship him out. We're seeing a similar thing to Jaden, except Jaden is playing. He was brought in. Donny. He marked his United debut with a goal. With goal. Let's not forget against Crystal Palace. I don't know what he's done wrong. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if he
0: doesn't fit, ship him out. It's not his fault. That's what Fergie would say, right? Yeah. You do more harm to the player by keeping them around. Yeah, sure. You could argue against the philosophy of bringing Ronaldo because it's against your cultural reset, so to speak. It's not like you don't have squad depth. Yes, the players are not as good, but you should have been able to beat West Ham. With Those players, you can see the goal and you can't turn it around. So, are you the right man for the job? You're at Manchester United, man, and and you know me,
1: I hate that I'm doing this right now because I love Oli. Mm. I love him. You know, he's actually, he's brought back the culture that was there under Sir Alex Ferguson. I still believe that he's out of his depth at United. (laughs) I don't think, uh, you know, if if we get to Christmas and we're still having this conversation, uh, there's only one answer. And that is Ollie out the door. I hope we're wrong. I hope he he does well. I really do. I really hope so as well. Because I think they just need to end this drought of a a trophy. Mm. What it feels like to be a Liverpool fan, right? It was... (laughs) It was a long time in conversation with Elliot Danker from The Breakfast Huddle on MoneyFM 89.3.
0: To listen to the full interview, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg
1: or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.